Welcome to Bevington Banter, the show where we can sound like we're arguing even when we all agree. I'm Cassidy, and together with my brother Cade and dad Randy, each week we discuss a selection of news stories, topics surrounding the culture, and matters of freedom and faith. Thanks for listening. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, and if you like what you hear, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. Well, last week, obviously you saw you got the bonus episode and the little uh, audio mishap, but we did get in there the conversation about Janet Yellen, the Secretary of the Treasury, looking like a lawn gnome. I did do that Photoshop, and we will tweet that out on the Bevington Banter Twitter. Yeah, I'll put that. I'll put that on Twitter, um, Mr. Twitter, right as soon as we're done. And then also today, also you'll see on Twitter one of my favorite things. Joe Biden gave a speech today, and then he just turned to his right and put his hand out to the air. To nobody to shake their hand and then wandered around the stage for like 20 seconds and then walked off the stage. No idea what he was doing. So I I said, I did not see that. Well, it's it's only from an hour ago. Um, Oh, wow. I put uh, breaking news. I put my own caption. Joe Biden apparently shook Casper's hand because he thought it was his old white hooded friend, Senator Byrd. Oh, no. Because there was nobody (laughs) there. He's shaking hands with ghosts. He's like, hey. Yeah, Robert, I heard you shouldn't wear that on the stage, man. I heard a clip of him today. Uh, today that somebody played, and he was saying so, he was saying, given you know evidence, whatever. And then he says, "Well, I'm boring myself. I don't know." Like, <laughs> All right, Jim from the office <laughs> talking about paper. I'm boring myself. <laughs> I still think it's hilarious that a pigeon pooped on him in Iowa. Oh my gosh. That is funny. And the White House tried to say that it was corn. I don't understand that. Yeah, cream, creamed corn. That's maybe. what Cade said, cream corn. Because yeah, it cream corn. It was only corn if it had already been processed by a bird. Um, Can they digest corn? Like, I don't know. I, I know this. I've grown up in the middle of cornfields. My father was in <laughs> agriculture all of his life. I worked at a grain elevator. I spent nights at the grain elevator with my father drying corn all night long. I know corn. That was not corn. <laughs> hey, speaking of agriculture and knowing corn, I was surprised. Last week you brought up the idea of if you were the president, who would you put around you? Yes. And then in, a, in our family group chat, I went into much more detail of filling out almost every single cabinet member. And I couldn't believe that I didn't get any specific comments on two things. One was that I made Dave Ramsey the manager of the office of uh, or the director OMB. of the office of management and budget. Yes, I thought that was funny. And then two that this is only going to be a reference understood to our Ohio City friends, but that I didn't get any comment on making Clarence Oberlitner the <laughs> Secretary of Agriculture. I didn't even see that. <laughs> I didn't even see that. And I will also say that uh, not even Dave Ramsey could fix this debt. It's <laughs> nobody can fix it. But Clarence Oberliner is a, a farmer that we know from our church. Anyway, he'd be as good as anybody. He would be because he would know the dealings, especially dealing with the government as a farmer. And he w- should be familiar. Did you like my uh, urban housing and development? Who was it? I I couldn't. I don't. Uh, I didn't know pa- who it was. Patrice Cullors, that Black Lives Matter lady that buys the oh, that million the dollar houses? houses. That is funny. She's doing really well for herself. That I thought is... maybe she could help other people with all her money. I still like Kid Rock for Secretary of State. Did you? You had press secretary. I thought. No, Secretary of he State. He did. He said he would make you... Oh, he said he would make you the press secretary. Or no, I said I would make but the Cade press secretary. the secretary. No, Cade wants to be Secretary of Education. I want to be Secretary oh, okay. of Education so that day one I can just abolish would, my whole department. I would just phase that out. Yes, there are several things that I would either just get rid of or phase out. See, you use the term phase out, and I don't think you not, understand that I would just like, Yeah, the education one off. I would phase out. Some of the other ones I would just get rid of. Some of them you'd have to phase out. I thought... so press secretary isn't actually a cabinet position because it'd be under the office of the chief of staff. So you feel your, so my chief of staff was Kaylee McEnany. Yeah. I thought that was a good one. Yeah. She's very good. Elon Musk though. I put him in charge of the director of the office of science and technology policy. Cause he seems to care all about 
science and technology. Is that an affirmative action hire? Oh, because he's African American. Yes. Yeah. Hey, did you that's assign? Did thing. you assign Matt Walsh as anything? I did not. I did. I no, I, 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 I made him attorney would. general. Attorney I said general? attorney general yes. John Durham. I said John Durham. Oh man, I'd make him secretary of owning the libs. <laughs> we could make him a, a head of some department of um, feminine culture or something. <laughs> what? He's he's the nation's leading LGBTQ. I know. What he went out, Yes, he is. Author That's true. Yes, children's author and he is obviously an expert cuz he went all around the world and figured out what a woman That's was. Right. He's one of the few people on earth that can tell you what a woman is. It's a very deep and complicated subject. I'm pretty sure that he's not the only one. He's just the only hey, one I mean, that gets enough to Survivor Man is my secretary of the interior. <laughs> like all the parks and the national he parks. He just and lives stuff. there. Les Stroud, Survivor Man. He doesn't yeah. come to meetings. <laughs> he's out, yeah. No, he does. But since he he prob- he makes the meetings in the woods. We have to go find yeah. him. He leaves a trail. He leaves a trail and that's if you if you can't find him, you're fired. You gotta be able to read sign. <laughs> that's for his department. That has to be for his department meetings, not our cabinet. In meetings. the old cowboy <laughs> movies you, the 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 good trackers Smoke they signals? they could read sign. Oh, no, they call it yeah. sign. You could you know meaning all the different things you that mean you like saw. following like animal feces dropping right and which way a twig like is broken, bent. broken twigs yeah, exactly yeah yeah i want to mention one thing about ukraine only one and it's a little bit shocking ukraine sunk a russian warship called the confirmed, called the moskva or is this propaganda no it well it burned, it, it caught on fire and sunk, but Ukraine says it was as a result of them hitting it with a missile strike. I was going to say, I've seen a lot of um, supposed evidence of its validity. I'm still not convinced of its validity. Well, either way, the ship sunk, right? So, uh, yeah, I, 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 it seems to me, if I were, I can only put, if I were Vladimir, Vladimir Putin and the U- Ukraine did something like that significant, I would absolutely unleash everything I could against Ukraine. Because you've just, that that is such an embarrassing black eye. So I don't know. Well, that's, that's Putin's just too busy talking about going to the moon again or something. He's like, don't you have enough to worry about? Putin wants to go to the moon? That was on Pat Gray this What's morning. What's he going to do in on the moon? I don't know. Um, I hate to tell you this, but the Soviets have never been to the moon. I know. Oh, that's ah, true. Cassidy said again. back to the moon yeah. or again, whatever. There are okay. 12 people that have walked on the moon, all Americans. Okay. I don't want to talk about... So that was all I, Russia and Ukraine, unless you really have something I, to go into. I, I'll i go into something from that. Um, since the start of Russia's invasion in Ukraine, here's where we stand with our genius leadership and all their wonderful sanctions, the, U, the, the ruble is worth more than it was at the before the war, and the U.S. dollar is worth less. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but whose fault is that? Oh, it's Putin's price hike. Yeah, Putin's, Putin's price yeah, hike. Yeah, Putin's price hike. Uh, Putin's, Putin's inflation. Yeah, look, I have that written right there. <laughs> say he did, he wrote say down, Putin say price Putin hike price as hike. much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> It's that, really that's hard what it for me said not on Jen to Saki's just, notes. Yes. It's really hard for me not to just lose it, just come uncorked over things like this. These people are so Well, when in, that day happens, when that day happens, get your microphone out and record it. <laughs> just uncork. Randy Bevington uncorked. <laughs> that's a new that's I'll a, get my sensor. I'll get my sensor sound ready. That's a that's a new name for like a sub show of this show. Like a spin, yeah. we're gonna have a spin off show of Bevington Banter. It yeah, it'll just be you know yeah, and then beep 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 beep, <laughs> and I can't believe beep 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 beep. That's not, I've beep, heard beep, you say beep, like. No, that's what I mean. That's I've what I mean. It's just so frustrating. Three swear words in my life, and one was on the pulpit, and one was in a podcast. <laughs> what did I say in the pulpit? What. Leave your you outside the said, camp. No, he didn't never say oh. that. No, you said it was the same word 
that I left in. You said ass in the podcast, and I left it in because one time. Oh no! From the pulpit, I said that. You said. Dad said the. No, dad d- said the b word. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I probably said. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. That's the same. Okay. I didn't know that. You said the b word. You also said it on the pulpit because you said, "I'm sorry." You were talking to people about uh, people complaining right. or whatever, and right. uh, being on Jesus' timeline, and you said. Because if Jesus came, he's like, you're going to have to excuse my language because you're so passionate. You said, if Jesus came back on a Saturday, you'd all be being that he didn't come back on Monday and you had to work all week. You And I will never forget it because it was the first time I ever shocking. heard you say that word. I don't remember yes. saying that, but that's a pretty good line. <laughs> Must have been the Holy Spirit. Well, it's, a long, it's, it's the Jesus version of um, uh, they'd complain even if we hung up with a new rope. Well, I, I will say that I don't, I don't use that word very much. I don't think it's a very, you know, flattering word, but I don't know that I consider it a profanity. Yeah. He uses it for emphasis to really make sure people are paying attention. It's it's more just a derogatory term. It's using, taking a a real term and using it in a derogatory way. So I guess that's why it might not be considered profanity. All right, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Elon Musk has offered to buy all of Twitter for $43 billion. Is that the elephant? Because. Yeah, that's, I mean, everybody wants to talk about it because apparently um, today the Daily Wire has 10 stories about Elon Musk. Just today, just the Daily Wire. Everybody's just talking about Elon Musk. He wants 100% of Twitter. That is like 50-something percent higher, a 50-percent-something premium over where the stock I was at. The well, it's only valued at like 30 the shares billion. Are 30, the shares are 30-something, and he said he would buy them for 50-something. Yes, it's valued 50, at like $30 billion. It's 50-percent-something yeah. higher than it was um, when he started buying Twitter stock, he and it's a 38% it. yeah. premium over the, uh, the day before the it went public that he was buying all the Twitter stock. So it's a it's pretty significant. I will say something interesting did happen that Vanguard Group is actually now the largest shareholder of Twitter. They have ten point three percent. They have eighty two point wow. four million shares. Okay, but this point that you know BlackRock, Vanguard, these investment groups have all this stock, they are answerable to their investors or their clients, and so. Like, think about looking at just because they're to spite, just because of their personal agenda and their wokeness of not wanting Elon to own Twitter and take it private, that they would have to look at all of their investors and say, yes, we turned down this massive return on your investment in order to continue to push our own agenda. Yeah, I I also, I did some looking to see other times in history where public companies this big and this popular were bought by a single entity and changed over to a private Heinz like Heinz ketchup in 2013 sold to an investment firm a single investment firm for 28 billion dollars and Dell for 24.4 billion dollars in 2013 again by an investment firm just to show you how massive this deal is $43 billion by an individual taking a publicly traded company private. He's going to have to liquefy some of his other assets to pay for that. So he would have to do things like sell other stock or Tesla or And, And because of that, I think dad's right. He thinks there's a lot of money to be made here by, especially apparently by owning it individually. Except here's the thing. And I, and I don't, I do think that I, I, when he turned down the board seat, I really started to think um, he he thinks that he can use Twitter and make a lot of money because obviously he he drove up the price of shares when he bought, um, so that doesn't help him actually to buy more of it. Um, it doesn't. People kept talking about certain moves they thought he was going to do, and they were all things that would have probably hurt the value of Twitter. Well, he's not going to hurt the value of Twitter. Yeah, why would he do so, that? So I yeah. started thinking, he thinks that this can really be used commercially to, to make a lot of money. Uh, and then when he made the offer to buy it, that 
that's made me think that even more so. He really thinks this can be used to make make a lot of money. My only thing is, is that if he buys Twitter and he's the owner and the director of where it goes, um, it, it changes what Twitter is. Twitter Twitter's no longer the same thing. Right, but if, if you think how profitable it is right now as this thing that a ton of people have issues with and don't like its leadership, how much more is it going to be profitable when a majority of people are actually happy with it and can engage? It, and actually making it more free and like for people to go back and forth with each other more and like that right. that's just going to make people want to see it more. Ooh, what's on there now cuz people are saying all kinds of stuff. Right. If people uh if the people that do so much of the driving, you know, of the agenda on it continue to participate, then he'd probably be in good shape. But if they don't, if a lot of those people drop out, that really changes the nature of Twitter. I don't think people are going to be getting off of yeah, it. Yeah, probably if not. Elon buys it. I mean, again, he's a smart You mean guy. to stop using Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. My my thing is how many people are going to quit, are just going to quit. And But I've also thought how many people who used to work at Twitter would maybe come back? You know, they know how Twitter works. They've done it before. They left because they they didn't like the direction it was going, and maybe they would come back. But how many people are going to quit Twitter? Well, I'm not Elon worried about Musk people quitting it. I'm talking about pe- people I, yeah, stopping using find. it. All the blue checks that no longer, um, you know, will participate in it. Not the people that actually work there. So, you know, because it's it's the usage of it. It's the way it's used and who uses it that makes it what it is. I, I would have to say that I don't know if they have enough principle to quit something like Twitter because they're probably addicted to it. Yeah, I agree. You're right. You'd have to have a very, very strong conviction for those people to, and to they just don't. go off of Twitter. No, they'd still rather have the attention than to quit Twitter because it goes against what they because now all of a sudden it's against what they believe in. They'll they'll stay on it. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of truth to that. We can say, it, well, if you don't like it, go make your own Twitter. It's too big to fail. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I have a lot of thoughts on it, but not really formulated well enough to. They'll, well, do they'll you think make they're a actually going to take platform. the offer? They'll make a com- well. I, and how long? And how long before? So I heard I heard it put this way by Dan Bongino. I don't know. Maybe Dad listened to the same thing about how they don't have as much of a choice as you think they would, especially the people who the majority of them, even maybe board members who have their stocks as options, because if Elon Musk doesn't get what he wants and he just overnight sells his more than nine percent. What does that do to the stock price? And if it goes low enough, it could go below the minimum um, trading threshold that those stock options have. So if it goes below a certain dollar amount, they can't sell them. They're stuck with them. If it continues to go down, they're... I heard that, but you really think it's going to continue to go down? I think it would drop and it would come back. Yeah, I also thought about the possibility of someone like... um, Vanguard scooping in and picking those up at a lower price and then having it come back up because if they were willing to buy 10%, why wouldn't they be willing to just take up all of what Elon Musk just dumped? I would think that uh, Twitter management would, like what Cassidy was saying, you're going to have to tell your stockholders, um, we're going to cost you money by not selling to Elon. But in order to do that, if they're going to have to convince their stockholders that we can make the stock price to go at, you know as high or close to as high or higher if you'll just stay with us right. you'll get your money right. that's a, i think that might be a pretty tough that's sell what I, yeah it might be a tough sell because they haven't been the strongest most well managed company i mean they're not really that profitable compared to other social media um, you know apps so that might be a tough sell, but that's I think that they would try that because they would much rather do they, they they'd rather do that if they can, they'd rather hang on to it rather than let it go private to Elon Musk. How much time do you think they have? What do you think the timeline is? I don't is? know how they sell that. I don't I know. I have no idea. Speaking of Vanguard and BlackRock, I have an anecdote that so for a while uh, we would get these letters in the mail. I would get them, and it would be 
in an envelope trying to make it look like it was like very personal like with this a real stamp on it you know and you would open it up and it would be this thing about hey we will buy your house like cash value and they use a font that looks like a script like a handwritten but it's printed on there and I used to get these and I knew like oh it's just these investment like investment firms want to buy your homes and they're offering like big dollars trying to make it hard for people to turn down and then uh, I have a couple friends that are moving to Florida and they were for uh, a job and things and so anyway they were selling their car and I was talking to their mom who works at the preschool here and she was saying how they went into CarMax and they were and she said I just felt like something was wrong like it felt off and like fishy and it did not feel right and they offered them like huge cash value for their car and they ended up whatever it was they ended up like making money on this car that they had like leased I don't remember I don't know all the details but she said they like made money and then when she got home she looked and they offered just bought the car cash value she got home looked it up and CarMax is largely owned by BlackRock so the same thing they're doing with homes trying to buy all these homes they're buying cars and you will own nothing you will lease or rent whatever from us and then yesterday I got in the mail one of those same letters with the stamps except this time it was about my car and it had all the details of make a model of my car and the VIN number and then the bottom was just like printed and handwritten script but it was like not handwritten you could tell it was printed on there and it was this letter of like Cassidy we want to buy your and they had like had the VIN number we have we might have a buyer and we don't have your car in stock if, and even Cole when I showed it said this is handwritten I said no it's not look at it if um, they have your VIN number then they know every detail down to nut and bolt of your car so that's that's once they have that VIN number then they know everything about how it was manufactured and what makes it Apparently, let, me, let me just tell you just let me just up, tell so. you this um, they are going to do this and the prices, I think, did I tell, I don't know if I, did I tell this story? A friend of ours who bought uh, a used Volkswagen um, several years back, 6500 bucks. Uh, she was leaving California and moving back here uh, recently, so she wanted to just get rid of the car. She sold it for, I think she ended up selling it for, um, she put some new tires on it and sold it for like eleven five. So she sold it for five grand more than she paid for like three years ago. Um this is we know that the, the used car market is up like 43 46 percent but here's the thing they're banking on it going even higher can i tell you very simply why a place like blackrock and they're involved in this stuff they're involved in the great reset and the environment and the covid you know policy around the world and all this but they just know they know that china just lick, locked 26 million people into their homes who can no, cannot go manufacture all the stuff that we consumed so as bad as the supply chain is they know it's going to get worse and the value of these objects are going to go up used cars included so you're getting a good price yeah you're probably going to make money on your used car but you know what six months from now there's a really good chance gonna they're going to sm- sell it for even more to, that's right yeah or you're gonna have to pay more for a different like to replace yeah, it. yeah that's just it i mean everything right now house car my airplane you know i could make a lot of money on selling them but i got to go spend a whole bunch more to replace we're gonna, it so, where are you so gonna what? get another one yeah, yeah. Which is why I also told Cole, whenever it comes time to sell this house, we are selling to people, real people. And even if that means we have to take a little bit less, it doesn't matter. We're not selling to an investment firm. I took a call at the shop um, yesterday, the day before maybe, of some guy telling me that they were buying properties in the area. And I just thought to myself, you're buying property in Ohio City? And I said, and like, I I just kind of sat there like, uh okay and they said am i calling a business and i said yes and they said wrong number and hung up well the next time if you get a call like that give them the old forrest gump are you stupid or something yeah because you'd have to be stupid to be buying property in ohio city no offense to everyone (laughs) that lives in ohio city well i buy property okay because i said for the right for the right price yeah (laughs) but you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be big dollars. Uh, okay, so so this idea of 26 million 
people in Shanghai have just been locked into their house because of 300 cases of COVID. It's can terrifying. We, you know, what's happening there? What's happening there? Is can crazy. we talk about this? Because I am chomping yeah. at the bit to go off on this. Yeah. It's champing at the bit. Well, I'm chomping. Look it up. Okay, I'm whatever. All right. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm chomping. Okay. So <laughs> China, there's a whole bunch of things. China, uh, as you've probably heard, they've locked down the city of Shanghai. It's 26 million people. And when we mean locked down, I mean locked down. Seals on the doors of the apartment complexes. And if the seal is broken, like you can open it, but you will break the seal and they will know that you have opened it and they will come. It's like the old James Bond. They take a hair out of their head. They put some spit on it. They stick it across the door. And if the hair is disturbed, we're going to come and get you. Yeah, it's it doesn't have to, you're not sealed in. They just they can just put a paper seal on it. If it's torn, they know the door's right. been open, which is not allowed. Um, and there's lots of videos that have come out. I mean, where Shanghai, it's bare. There's nobody out. I mean, zero. It's like it, it'd like be seeing New York and City if or there Los is Angeles. Someone on the street, anybody on the street. If there is someone on the street, there's a video of people in white hazmat suits beating, chasing them. Yes, beating them. Well, there's uh, it's somebody in a hazmat suit killing a dog with a shovel. You know, be- beating pets. They're killing pets because they're supposedly reservoirs. Um, they're, you know, hauling people off. Uh, it, it's. I saw one where they had, it was just, there must have been, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 bags with multiple cats in every bag just laying on the street, on the sidewalk, waiting to be picked up for them all to be destroyed. Just cats in bags. Um, they have the robot dogs and, and drones out going around over the city saying, stay in your homes, so, you know, um, suppress your desire. And they have signs that suppress say, suppress yeah, your soul's your desire to eat. Be, they have signs that say things like, keep your mouth shut or you'll pay the price. Did you hear the video? Did you watch they're, The Ladder with Crowder? They're literally being shanghaied. Kate, <laughs> did that... that <laughs> Did you not watch Louder with Crowder yesterday? No. They had those signs. You mean Louder with Crowder with Dave? They also had a caller. Yes. They also had a caller, a mug club member in Shanghai, who's an Australian man who's now in Shanghai, called in and, and you know, said what was going on there. And it was crazy. And he, basically, they're so they're locked in and they can't get food. Now, this guy, he's even in a wealthier, an area where they actually have wealth. And they were able to get together, like, with the other people around, like, you know, six a few days worth of food, and they're able to get a little bit more than other people. But it's still, he said, crazy. And he has two kids, and it's very hard, and he can't feed them, really. And he also says, so they're testing, like, a couple, like, they have to test, like, two times a day. And if you get a positive test, you get, like, taken to these quarantine facilities or whatever. So he said this. He said, this is when it gets, he's like, the line is when if your children test positive, if, if a kid tests positive and the parents don't, they come and they take your kid to this facility, these uh, quarantine facilities where you don't know what's happening. There's You can't go with them. There's no one there to advocate for them. They're on their own. He said, "If that when that day comes, that's when you see us. He's like, if that happens to me, like that's when you see us in the streets. That's when you see the tanks in the streets. Like that's when, yeah. They, they'd have to kill me. 100%. Yes, that's basically what he they said. They would have that's to kill me. Never give up your guns. Is he ever. an Australian citizen? Uh, I don't Do you really think Australia is not getting... He said he's in this community. He said he's in a community of expats. That's all he really said. And he's from Australia. So he's probably an Australian... Well, if he's in... Well, he's probably still an Australian citizen. But regardless, yeah, even Australia's if he was, Australia the is... And, he said the, his, and so his kids, his kids, if they got taken, right? He said they speak better Chinese than I do, better manner, but they're not fluent even. And no one speaks English in this place, in the place they would be taken. And there's no one there to advocate for them. Yeah. Did you see the video of where people were recording? It, it was a it was a nighttime shot, and there was all these high rise buildings, and everybody is just screaming. Just screaming. Out. It, it, that's what I yep. imagine hell will be like. People are putting their um, empty refrigerators. Wow, that's I did not think. People about are it. putting that's their it. empty refrigerators with the doors open out on their balconies of their apartments, showing. This is completely empty. We have no food. So you would see no pictures of, of you know, these high rises with all these refrigerators at the front of the building, doors open, completely empty. He basically said, I have a jar of peanut butter and some soggy graham crackers that we found in the back of the pantry. And that's what we're eating. 
And every few and days, they took our they're cats. able to get a couple of things. And even in the communities, he said, in the neighborhoods, which when he says neighborhoods, these are very small areas where they do get zero COVID tests and start to let some people go onto the street for essential activities. It's not like he goes, okay, great. So you can go out and go to the store. What store? The store that's not open, that hasn't been open, that has nothing on the shelves. Yeah. So here's where I want to go with this. We have world leaders, places like the World Economic Forum, people like Larry Fink at BlackRock, people on the political left in our side, uh, Justin Trudeau, who all say they admire the totalitarian totalitarian, uh, nature of China. This is what totalitarianism is. This is what they want. This is what they envy about China. That's insane. Let's just talk about the, the killing of, of the dogs and cats and stuff like that in China. Where are all of the uh, left-wing advocate groups not losing their minds over that? Where are they? Why aren't they speaking out? Because they know this is what they, this is what they want. They want the totalitarianism, and they know that if they were to point this out, it would make totalitarianism look bad. So they keep their mouths shut, and even though they're animal advocates, they will not speak up over what's going on. It's insane. The they don't. The bottom line is, and I, this isn't Democrats, this isn't Republicans. They are willing to sacrifice you for the their outcome that they want. This you know, this new world order, one world government. Republicans, Democrats, they don't care about you. Yes, there this are is almost not de- none of them. Right. This is not Democrat, Republican. This is class. Yes. This, you, is cl- you are, this is class. You are one of their last considerations other than them making you angry enough to fight back at them. That's the only consideration. That's the only thought that they ever even give to you. And that's the reason why the United States was set up the way it was. Because they know that they're not going to care about you individually. You have to take care of yourself. And that's why we had all those rights, so you could take care of yourself. You're responsible for you. You're responsible for your family, maybe your community. And, you know, if, if, you, if, you, if you want to, um, I mean, if you don't, then be prepared to be rejected by your own community. But, I mean, that's the way it's supposed to work. But um, be prepared to take care of yourself because they're not going to. Cassidy, you look like you're chomping at the bit to say something. <laughs> Actually, I'm champing at the okay. bit. <laughs> But I just think all of these things are, all of this, we see videos of it. There's undeniable, this is what's going on in China right now. And while we say things about it, but nobody who has, all these people who have interests in China say nothing, nothing. The NBA just bends the knee. They say nothing. Hollywood, as this happens, yes, Hollywood says nothing. Instead, what they do is they take out Every reference of Dumbledore's gay relationship from their the newest Harry Potter universe movie, so that they can sell it and show it in China. They took the Taiwanese patch off Tom Cruise's jacket in the new Top Gun movie, and they literally thank the people running the concentration camp full of Uyghur Muslims. Thank them for letting us film Mulan. The, you know, Cage, you talked about the, about. In America, this is the the legal aspect of this. And I thought to myself, I had made myself a note, um, and this is what I typed. I had a thought of why don't we just make this kind of stuff illegal and then jail the people who promote it. Then I realized we did make it illegal. It's called the Constitution. (laughs) The, the, The Constitution was made to prevent totalitarianism. It was set up to promote the individual over the masses, that the individual would, all, would always have rights. That is the direct opposite of totalitarianism. When you want to talk about the World Economic Forum and their Great Reset and all of their environmental stuff that they're pushing, think about this. It, I, I, I actually uh, I, I purchased a subscription to the uh, Wall Street Journal. It's a great time to do it, $4 a month as opposed to a normal $36 a month. Um, there was a guy on there named... 
Who would pay thirty six dollars a month? I don't know who did, that. but that just what it said their normal prices. They probably that's I probably on it. there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I thought yeah. four dollars a month. I was interested. Like the the sale the the um the people who've been going out of business yeah, for exactly. a year now going out of business. If you sale, go to every beach go. town, every little shop along the beach, they're always going everything out of business. It's been that way for hey. five years. Hey. Okay. Is this a bad time to tell you that you already have a digital subscription to the Wall Street Journal through our Apple News Plus? Yeah. And you can get it on your phone and your iPad? Yeah, it's a bad time to tell me. I Sorry. can cancel at any time. <laughs> so right, anyways, so Thomas Phillips in the Wall Street Journal was saying that you can expect people to start seeing uh, an implementation of green policy the same way they pushed COVID mandates. Because, again, for the same purposes, you know, for control. But but the thing is, think about why people want to know about why why the environment. Why do we think that the environment is such a big deal? Why, you know, why would they use the environment to get the type of totalitarian control that they that they want. Think about it. There is nowhere you can go and nothing that you cannot do that you are not in the it environment. You everywhere. And therefore, yes. if they if they have control over how we interact with the environment, then they can mandate all of your behavior. I'm struggling here because there's so many there's so different things that I want to say. Like go in different directions but what their idea of like that's the way the constitution was set up so we have these individual rights where at the same time but instead they're saying a parent's rights bill is uh is evil it's going to kill people and kill children but i was getting on thinking when we were talking about covid i was thinking i was thinking i was going to come on here and complain about them extending the mask mandate on airplanes for 15 more days which is so stupid and pointless and doesn't make any sense at all um, because you're going to say we need that 15 days to look at all the data. It's just well, 15 what about days to flatten the curve. Years of data. It's just 15 okay, days to flatten the curve. It's not, it's not a I was saying I thought I was going to get on here and complain about that because I'm flying soon and I was like they're going to extend it and then right when I'm done flying it's when it's going to expire. But then we started talking about China and I thought you know what my little complaint seems like it doesn't matter anymore compared to what's going on in China. But at the same time, it's one and the same. It is still important. It's important because it's a step it's along the process, the and we have to. If we start so early, we can't let them take these little things because it's. Yes. I'm flying to an undisclosed destination here in a month or so, and I'm going to fly naked and I'm going to fly with a gun. Because you will be <laughs> piloting your own plane. I'm going to just. <laughs> I don't know what the naked thing is about. It just means I can I don't know. fly however I want. Do they That's have a, a naked airline? I don't like know. A, but like was, a nudist there was, there was, beach, but like an airline? Nude, did you see the nude airline? You have to wear a mask. There was though. a story recently <laughs> but where- I mean, You uh, can be nude, but you have to wear a mask. A woman reported um, a man in the seat next to her who masturbated four times on a two-hour flight. So the cops were, ra- were waiting on him when they got to the next destination. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but the she, movie The Hangover says that that is strongly suggested against, but not illegal. I am confused. Did she report this? Like, did she call the flight attendant? Like every, like after the first time it happened, I don't and after know. the second time it happened, because I'm pretty sure after the first time it happened, I would be like, "Get me out of this seat right now, or get this man out of the seat right maybe now." The, I will. Maybe not the say first her. time she was slightly amused, but by the fourth time she just had enough. It was, I don't. Know. It I, is I, literally a line from the movie The Hangover where they talk about something being illegal, and the character Alan says, "It's not illegal. It's just highly discouraged, like masturbating on an airplane." So that I think is legal precedent. I don't see how they could arrest him. I don't think so. Wouldn't it just be masturbating in public? Well, he may have had a blanket over him and she just knew. Yeah, without exposing yourself, I guess. I still, I feel like that should be. Straight to jail. We should make that. Can we make that illegal? There were cops waiting on him when he got to his destination. So obviously she had reported it. I feel like that's got to fall under public indecency. Oh, yeah. She she had reported it. Um, (laughs) Now we've lost my complete train of thought of where I was going. I really wanted to stay on this whole totalitarian thing you mean derailed i was just saying how how we have to stand up to the things that maybe even seem seem inconsequential comparatively but is important to stand up to now on principle does anybody how can anybody out there any longer think that this covid i mean not that covid didn't doesn't exist but the the handling of it is complete garbage compared to what they say it is how can anybody not think that this has all been used for control because it, it i mean let's face it the the lockdowns didn't work the masks didn't work that you know um there's a study out now that i i put a link in here 
that um, shows that the states that had the greatest restrictions for COVID, they did the worst, and they measured three different areas, business, education, and death. They did the worst. The most restrictive states did the worst. How can anybody think that there's any legitimacy to any of this anymore? Why are we still doing this? Even the vaccines virtually don't do anything. Did you see the results from the um, from the Axios poll that was just recently? I don't know. It, it doesn't specifically ask, um, you know, do you think it was a mechanism used for control? But one in 10 Americans think that the COVID-19 pandemic is still serious. One in 10. The actual number with, with the whole numbers was um, was nine percent. Sixteen percent of Democrats think COVID is still serious and only three percent of Republicans do. So I don't know how many people specifically are saying, you know, it was used for control, but almost nobody. The, it, it's it's that same 10 to 11 percent fringe minority that always is in the forefront on the media channels. It's that same crazy 10 percent that still think that COVID is a thing. In the meantime, in 2020, more people died from alcohol than they did of COVID. And in a similar time frame, life expectancy in 2019, between 2019 and 2021, decreased by almost two and a half years. And most of that, and it was not COVID because the vast, 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 vast people majority of people that COVID died were, were old. They the, were older age, than the yeah. expected life expectancy range of the people who died. It, it's it's um it was it's drug overdoses and other associated things with seclusion and depression and all that kind of stuff that that's lowered our life expectancy. Yeah. Why are motto, we still doing this? Dad's motto this whole time was get COVID, you'll live longer. Because yeah, because the people were dying from it were living were dying at an older age than the life expectancy. It's this yeah, I'm getting I'm, the cork is starting to slip. Well. The co- <laughs> Quick, talk about something fun. What what topics put the cork back in? I got to point out one more thing. Um, in order to prevent from going into so much detail, go go to my Facebook page. It's public page, Randy Bevington. Um, anybody can view it. And the last post I made on there was Glenn Beck had about a 12-minute interview with the pastor, Artu Arut, or I can't pronounce his name, um, in Canada who has now been jailed like 13, 14 right. times, um, uh, been cited, has received like 137 citations. Um, what they did, what they've done to him in jail, the way they've treated him, putting him in the crazy ward, stripping him naked, putting him in cages, putting him in freezing conditions, you know, on and on and on. It's just, it is the most horrific to, to, to do that to this person um, for simply wanting to be free and have church services. Uh, the last time they arrested him was because he spoke to the Canadian truckers, so they jailed him again. It is, you talk about an, a totalitarian. Um, the, Canada has become a completely fascist country. And yes, you're right, Cade, never give up your guns. This is crazy. And I thought to myself, what would I do if I were him? How would I handle this? Because he, because Glenn Beck asked him, um, are you okay with <laughs> are you okay with you know how do you feel about this do you have any regrets and he said he said no i don't um i'm doing this you know for the for all the people who can't fight this fight i'm doing it for my family so that my kids so that they know that i've done the right thing and i thought about that and i thought you know i i i agree with that he is right i i would like to think um certainly sitting here today in my heart that i would say you know what um I do that. I'm I'm actually proud. I'm honored to do this. If I do this for the cause of right, if I do this for the cause of Christ, if there are people who have been martyred for it, then I, I I'm not worthy to be counted amongst them. But I will absolutely do this for that for that cause. I, I would gladly, um, you know, count myself unworthy, but I, I'm willing to do it. And I, I just think that we don't have that kind of. There's so few people that have that kind of sense of calling and, and willing to sacrifice for a higher cause anymore. Conviction exactly. It was it's it's very it's worth the twelve minute listen. The little chuckle you heard a minute ago was because we began showing each other the guns we had on our person as he said that, don't give up your guns. I had a thought while we were talking about this and 
or people, because Kate talking about the very tiny percentage of people who actually are still worried about COVID. And then it actually works well because you went into a church, and this has to do with both church attendance and COVID, but not exactly. And that is that, you know, when we briefly uh, shut down so that they didn't, and broadcast it online to our members, and then, but eventually once they were allowed by the government's uh, standard, people came back. I think back. you mean the government then, decree. Yeah. People people came back, and we've actually had growth. We actually have more people now at our church than we did before. However, there's still these a few people who have not come back. And for a while, it was, it was like people who said, I'm not coming back till this COVID thing is, like, doesn't exist anymore. And I thought, okay, well, then we'll never see you again. Bye. But then... I see them living their right. lives. So they're clearly not, no longer worried about COVID because they're out there living their lives. Yet they have not come, not come back to church to attend on Sundays. Yet they watch service still every week online because they ask when, like if we get blocked for sh- playing a song or something and the feed goes down or something happens, they ask about it and they will like engage and even reach out to like Louie and say, oh, what you shared on Sunday, I was thinking about this and whatever. I'm like, why are you not coming to church? What is up with that? Yeah, I I, uh, I see people that were, you know, part of our church prior to COVID and they've never come back. And yet I see them out in gatherings and those kind of things. And it's, it's yeah, it's obviously annoying. Um, and I've, I've been very, very tempted because it's a lot of effort. I don't, I don't live stream. Well, those people... Yeah, but those people, they're probably, you probably have people that don't even go back and watch or listen well, to I the podcast. Well, apparently, they, I think they do because um, the numbers kind of... Sh- I, I guess they just thought it was easier to do it. It's I easier guess. to just do it whenever they want. The numbers, and- it's convenient at their schedule, I guess. The numbers look like they are watching. Um, certainly, our finances... Yeah, you're still giving, I, but you're not actually our, getting our the finances, benefits of the I've community. been at the church now... 15 years, April 8th, I just passed 15 years. Our finances, the giving is better than it's ever been. I, I can't, you know, it's crazy. Um, but they're not, people aren't, and I've, I've been tempted because it's a lot of work for me. Like I said, I don't live stream. Um, I take our service in immediately as quickly as I can afterwards, as time permits, I edit it. And because I just think it looks silly. I mean, I, when I watch services, uh, no one specifically comes to mind. And there's these long you know, just dead spots. Uh, it, it drives me crazy, and so I just I go and I edit it. Our podcast doesn't have. The I edit spot, it. But the our service. I mean, I because <laughs> it's the straight line. Yeah, it has worship. It has my message. It, you know what? And and then I post it up as fa- as quickly as I can. So, but I've thought, why am I doing this for people that don't want to make the effort to come and be here when they certainly could? Um, it's it's uh you know I I'm I'm pulled both ways on it. You keep doing it because of the possibility of it being shared to somebody else who wasn't going to show up at all. Yeah, and there's some of these services that I do, sermons I've done, that when I, um, my ones that are most uh, um, controversial, maybe that I get taken down from YouTube, end up being viewed, you know, that, that sermon that got taken down from YouTube was probably viewed by almost a thousand people. Because once people, well, the people in our church will share it, they want other people to see it, and then those people share it. We... I would say I would keep doing ours like it's not a huge amount. First of all, because the live stream is just it just goes. I don't edit that. And the podcast is pretty easy to do. So I have no problem continuing to do that because even if we have, you know, every once in a while, somebody does get sick right. and they but they well, do the want to podcast is or not Cole, hard or yeah. Or Cole, who has his like na- on his National Guard weekend, he's with the National Guard. He can't be here. He you know, he does want to watch that later or listen to it later. And so there's value in that. But. Yeah, there's this torn of do people not see the value? Okay, yes, God is everywhere. He can meet you in your home and just the same, right? You have that relationship with the, he's there and it's real. But there's something different about coming together as the body of believers and they don't see the, do they not see the value well, in that? I'm just the I'm just do one of those not understand? I'm one of those crazy Christians that believe the Bible says what it means and when Hebrews 10:25 says forsake not the gathering together of yourself, I think it means forsake not the gathering together of yourselves. Right. So if you're out there and you're just watching church online or you say that my faith is a personal thing and I don't need to go to a church or be a part of a church, that is, there's so putting, much. Putting the audio of my sermon on our app is not difficult. It's, it's, it's the, um, 
putting it up the video, you know, to Facebook, YouTube, whatever. The big thing, Rumble takes so much longer to upload to. And the thing I found out about you, uh, Rumble is that when I insert other videos, which I've used maybe for illustration or whatever, that really seems to make it take so much longer than if I just... Like the checking process? I guess, and if I yeah. just put up the video from my iPhone. Well, that's sad to me that people are not coming back and being part of the community of believers. Okay, can I throw in something before we end? And it kind of goes along with what we're talking about with people being in attendance at church and stuff. And it was something that I made note of. Um, I, I watched some videos and, and heard some, di- it's, a, it's a number of different things, where someone played a video of a, of a girl on TikTok um, just begging, weeping, for somebody to be her friend. Um, it, it just about made me cry. I mean, just, um, of course she had weird pronouns and those kind of things. Um, uh, I think about this Frank James that has been now arrested for the shooting in, in the subway in New York uh, and being so angry. Oh my gosh, his his racist anger is just off the chart if you see his uh, public you know, or his um, social media, um, people involved in the transgenderism and the ge- and all the uh, gender stuff, all the anger that you see on campuses and sh- shutting down free speech and being angry at everybody that makes, you know, words or violence and all this stuff. And, and, and all of this stuff leads me to this one thing. It's so heartbreaking to see that people don't realize that it's your life. Make it what you want it. Stop waiting for everybody else. If you if you're if you're angry at Whitey because you don't feel like you're being successful, then you know what? Show Whitey to pound sand. Go yeah, be that's successful. His problem. Go be yes. successful in spite of Whitey. You know, I mean, uh, it, it, it's just it, it's, it's in all these so many ways. I it's I can't even you know. I don't need to make everyone like me. If they don't, if they choose to not, if they don't want to be my friend, I guess that's that's their problem. Right. If I know I'm satisfied in myself, if I know that I am following after the Lord and what he has for me and wherever that takes me and whatever that means, like, okay, great. I'm happy with that. And it's it's your problem if you— 20 years ago, we don't. were talking about how dangerous it was that nobody was responsible for their for their actions anymore. We were putting labels on everything. We were uh, putting a, you know some kind of psychological uh, uh, diagnosis on everything. Nobody has—you know, it's, it's not their fault. And we were—you know, this was going on, and this is where it's led. And now it's so bad, we don't even—we we used to talk about that. We used to talk about what was happening. We don't even talk about it any far. It's so far gone, nobody even talks about the idea of why are we resolving everybody of personal responsibility. That's not even a part of the discussion any- anymore. We're so far past that. I want you, when you talked about that girl on TikTok pleading for someone to be her friend, and you said she had weird pronouns, something that came to my mind in that moment was we can to you know people out there who yeah i would think that person is super weird but she needs my someone to show her yep. love and friendship and real i'd like to be her friend godly love i would I be your friend would just because she has weird pronouns you know what that doesn't mean that you can't be right. her friend and show her love god's love and you can say i think your pronoun thing is weird but i'll be your friend and if you know if she doesn't accept your friendship that's now her problem because you've offered it like a true genuine friendship i'll be your friend yeah do you know what i think when i see somebody like that i think how much the upside is how great the upside is yeah i mean my upside for becoming friends with mark cuban i don't have a lot of upside for him okay he's already got everything in the, that he wants in the world for her there is almost no downside she is so desperate anything you could do is going to help her it's a it, you're you're going to see you're going to see it's so and so simple right. you could do the tiniest yep. thing yep. and it could mean so so much to yep. that person so go be somebody's friend well i think that uh i think james mattis said it the best general james mattis be polite be courteous show professionalism 
and have a plan to kill everyone in the room. There are 25 states now. Half the states in the country have constitutional carry. Uh, the last, the most three recent were Ohio, Indiana, and now Georgia. So now half the states have constitutional carry. Can you, because because Cole asked this question, like for the specifics of constitutional carry versus like isn't open carry, whatever, basically it doesn't constitute, or can't you get a CCW or apply yeah, for it? Yeah, you can it, still whatever, get a permit. But, but constitute, so please just explain the detail oh, you, of you don't like, need a carry why permit. constitutional. Yeah, so exactly. there's 25 states now that everyone who is 21 years old, in some states it's 18, but um, every in 25 states you can be 21 years old, be allowed to legally own the gun, so not be a felon or not have a domestic violence charge, and you can carry that gun concealed. What they're saying basically is Without we have a, a, we have a second it, yeah. amendment, therefore you can carry a gun. Yes. So yep. it's... It's bearing arms in line with the Constitution, so constitutional carry. Now, yes, 25 states, that's good, but with with the Ohio concealed carry, we have 37, so I'm still going to renew my permit. Right. Um, but it is... Ah, so there's the value in oh, even yeah. being in a constitutional carry Yeah, because there's state other states that don't have yes, it that still recognize my Ohio. recognize yeah. your reciprocity. So, so that's good news. And then the last thing I wanted to end on was... The abortion bills that are all getting passed right now, like uh, what did you say, the Oklahoma one, and uh, DeSantis just signed that 15-week abortion ban, which it's not good enough, but I'll take everything I can get. And uh, and definitely just to pray for the outcome this summer, pray for the Supreme Court, because that Mississippi case is going to be big time. Yeah. But I like some of the bills from some of the states that are that are definitely that are happening. I hope it just just like constitutional carry really started to steamroll the last couple of years. You see state after state added. I hope that every single one of those states that just started putting that in place is going to follow suit with these abortion bans. I, I think it demonstrates something that I just said in passing last week. I think that on the culture issues, the left has jumped the shark. Yeah. That that's why you see the pushback now with the constitutional carry and the and the and the pro life. They everybody's realizes they've just gone completely insane. Um, what I worry about is more of the technology and the you know world uh, economic forum and that kind of stuff. Great reset. That I'm more worried about that than just this crazy culture stuff because I do think they've kind of jumped the shark. Um, Following up on another thing, like we said last week, they actually, the first bus of immigrants from Texas arrived in Washington, D.C., but also all the people that were going, it looked like everybody that was going there, they had family in D.C. waiting for them, so they, they just took the free <laughs> bus ride. Because it is what it is what I said. Um, Abbott said, you know, we, have, we, have, we are providing buses. It is. It is you, they do not, they're not being rounded up and putting on buses. They're saying, hey, we're having a bus going to dc if you want to get on it oh i got family in dc i mean at least texas is able to get rid of some of I, I do think it's kind of a distraction though instead let's just stop these people from coming into the country or else just take them back mm -hmm. to the border and point them south so did you guys see the uh, saudi arabian comedy skit i was gonna ask that's I, so i said we started by making fun of joe biden someone please explain to me what this Saudi Arabian you see comedy it? skit. Okay, no. it was kind of like a, they, they had these two. It was really funny because they had to have heavy, heavy makeup come out um, dressed up as Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And the Joe Biden goes to the uh, podium and he's all like, and he's trying to imitate Biden, but obviously not like one of our comedians who could almost sound like Biden. He obviously doesn't sound anything like him, but he's trying to. He's like, no, about this, uh, uh, I don't know if he says Italian thing or something like that. And she leans over to him and whispers like, oh, yeah, I mean about this African thing. And she leans over to me and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, Russia, about this Russia thing. You listen to me now, Mr. Putin, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Yeah, he, he starts snoring and then she bunches and bumps him again or whatever. It's just, yeah. I the mean, thing the is, Saudis is are not, mocking us. Yeah. The thing is, is that it isn't funny. It's not a funny sketch. It was done it horribly. It was done horribly. But the thing is, we're being made fun of by Saudi Arabian sketch shows. 
That's yeah. what sticks out to me more yeah. than right. haha, this sketch right. is funny. It wasn't funny. It's we're in a bad place. No, by our standards, <laughs> it's not funny at all. I mean, it's no. not even well done. It's really sad by our production values. But yeah, you're right. That's exactly the message. This is where we have fallen to on the world stage. And we've, that means we've, we've fallen into the orchestra pit. You're stunned into silence. Well, because it's not as funny as it actually, like, you know. Oh. It's, it's well, more sad We could sad go back to the bird funny. pooping on Joe Biden. I saw somebody Somebody had a picture of a, somebody was holding a bird, and the bird, they photoshopped, uh, like, Trump hair and a tie on it, and it said, the bird has been captured that pooped on Joe Biden. It looks like Donald Trump. <laughs> There's a movie, The Spies in Disguise, where they get turned into birds. I like the uh, Babylon Bee headline that I just had sent out to you guys. Did you see it? That it was the bird that pooped on Joe Biden is speaking at CPAC. Yeah. CPAC. <laughs> <laughs> right after Nicki Minaj. <laughs> oh. Well, we're looking forward to you coming back here. I, oh, I got one, a good one for you. I got. Don't a good, tell people where I, I'm going to be and when. Yeah, a good grandpa though. I'm a. I got a good grandpa award today. I changed the nastiest diaper I've changed in like over 25 years, man. It was gnarly. It was green and pasty, and upper back. And uh, well, I wasn't pooping my pants when I was five, so that means it must have been no, Cassidy. But hopefully. I was going to say, I said over 25 <laughs> years. I figure it's been at least 25 years since I changed one of you guys' poopy diapers. Time frame wise, I'm really hoping that was Cassidy. <laughs> okay, but you're the one that hit me the first time, right between the eyes, with a stream of pee. I've been a good I... shot since the day I was born. <laughs> oh. 